ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. QSportsTalk.com. It's presented by Best Buy Auto Sales. So we are on standby here. Our friend Sal Capaccio is going to join us here uh, shortly. He uh, currently um, on the mighty WGR in Buffalo. And will come on with us as soon as he's done uh, hanging with his friends there. So uh, we're on standby for a little Buffalo Bills discussion. While we wait for Sal Capaccio, I can tell you that uh, not only is Lights on the Lake still going, friends. I mean, think about this. You can drive by the undefeated heavyweight champion of the world right on your way. There's so many things happening around Lights on the Lake. Then you get to Lights on the Lake, and it's probably not going to be as busy as it has been during the holiday season. And as an added bonus, it's an added bonus, friends. 100% of ticket sales this week, just 5 bucks per vehicle, donated right back to local charities. 100%. Charity week, we helped out the Second Chance Canine Adoption Center on Monday, the Alzheimer's Association on Tuesday, Lights on the Lake tonight, Central Square's Essentials for Success. Just 5 bucks a vehicle. If you've already been, go again. If you didn't make it this year, now's your chance and you help out a great local charity. Thursday will be Families First. Friday, Sage Upstate. Charity Week to end. Lights on the Lake. Make sure you get your tickets at lightsonthelake.com. Ahead of time, head on through and help out a great local cause. So while we await uh, the mighty Sal Capaccio from WGR and the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, it's been extraordinary, and we'll talk to Sal about this coming up, to see the progress that DeMar Hamlin has made. Since last week. And Sal was on the field. And Sal is going to give us his perspective on that. And what has happened since then. There's some significant news about where the AFC championship game could be. And a lot to get into. But man, you love to see it. When you get a notification like this. From the Buffalo Bills. Saying that DeMar Hamlin. Has been discharged. From Buffalo General Medical Center. Hamlin was admitted Monday and went through a comprehensive medical evaluation as well as a series of cardiac, neurological, and vascular testing on Tuesday. And as the statement goes on to say, Jamie Nadler, critical care physician and chief quality officer at Kaleida Health, said the care team led for Hamlin, quote, we have completed a series of tests and evaluations, and in consultation with the team physicians, we are confident that DeMar can be safely discharged to continue his rehabilitation at home and the Buffalo Bills. And with that, we bring in our friend Sal Capaccio. The Bills make me wanna kick your heels up and WGR, the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. You can hear him weekdays on WGR 10 to 12 and read his terrific up-down column on WGR550.com. I mean, Sal, considering what you saw on the field just over a week ago to that news today, I mean, nothing short of miraculous to hear that news. How are you, by the way? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for asking. Always good to be on with you, buddy. Um, it's amazing news, right? It's incredible. Uh, we're all really feeling the love for Damar, and 
we couldn't have had any better news. And really, as this thing's gone on, you couldn't have had anything better than the progress that he was making in the day after day of positive news and seeing now that he's home and discharged from the hospital. That's super cool. It's amazing to, to think about. And yeah, I brought it up. Sally. I mean, you were there last week on Monday and it's something nobody had seen and, and had gone through Think of all the injury situations and some of the scarier things that had happened on a football field. It, it was nothing like that. As you reflect on that, you know, what, what comes to mind when you think about that night and where we are uh, today uh, since then? couple things. Um, perspective. You know, I mean, a perspective of, you know, the what happens every single time these guys go on the football field and the risks that we know they're taking. Um, the the situation that happened because, you know, he got hit and all that. And I know they're looking into whether it could have been preconditioned, uh, preconditioned or anything like that, but just the perspective of how fortunate, you know, we are to be involved to play such a great game or cover such a great game, I should say. But the risks that go along with it and the perspective of how precious health is and life is and all those kinds of things, whether it's on the field or off the field or in the arena or out of the arena. Um, the other thing is just, um, you know, I, I know this from playing sports and I, I'm big into this and preach about this, but it really just also brings back up and reinforces the family brotherhood, if you will, of these, these people who just spend every day and sisterhood, by the way, because, it is a family. It is guys and gals who work inside that building every day with each other, the trainers, the medical staff, the coaches, the front office personnel, whatever it is, the, the family that really gets created, the bond that gets created, and the perspective of seeing all of those people so emotional um, on that night, and it was just, it was striking, something I hope I never have to experience again, um, but also really puts things into a lot of different perspectives. Sal, Danny Kellington's a name that uh, you knew and I knew, but maybe yep. a lot of people didn't know a week ago, and now everybody knows, like he's your next-door neighbor. And, of course, yeah. uh, the former Syracuse trainer, he was here for 12 years, and about uh, six of those is the head trainer for Syracuse football. Tell us about Danny, and, and uh, you know, you've gotten to know him a little bit since you've been there, and everybody knows who he is now, but really, who is he? Because I think you've got a closer, up-close, and personal perspective on this than most. He's a uh, great family man, dedicated to his job um, as much as anybody that you, you'll ever meet, and loves his job, loves being around you know the team and the players and being a part of everything that's happening, and he knows that he has a very, very, very large responsibility and takes it very seriously. Um, and also a guy that, you know, when, when you see him make eye contact, he's always willing to say hi to you and maybe even walk up to me and express some frustration about the Syracuse basketball team once in a while, but that's okay. <laughs> that's, you know, I mean, that's, that, that the yeah. territory, right? Exactly. I know. Right. You know, and, and it's funny. We've him and I, we've had many, many a talk about Jim Beheim and, <laughs> you know, Babers and, you know, he was there under Marone and then Marone was here. And then he came in after Marone here. So I remember those conversations. I first got to know Denny was about that was what it was like to work under Marone and being at Syracuse and being on campus with Beheim. So, yeah, it's um he's a, he's a great guy, and we're we're very 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 fortunate to have him here as a member of the Buffalo Bills training staff, as well as all of those other people who you didn't necessarily know the names of, but we know Denny and what he did that night and that act and how heroic that was to save Demar Hamlin's life. Sal Capaccio, our friend WGR, the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, joining us here, Syracuse alum, of course, as well. So on to current matters here. And Buffalo got some significant injury news in this, too. Now, Micah Hyde won't be on the field on 
Sunday to take on Miami, but he could be on the field should the Bills win, and we think they're going to win and advance past that. Give us the update there on Micah and just the latest health news with the Bills overall. Yeah, I mean, you think about all the stuff they've been through this week and DeMar and all this, the miraculous you know progression he's made. And now here comes Micah Hyde, who we were told basically is out for the season, and he thought he was out for the season after injuring his neck and after week during week two against the, the Titans at home on Monday night. And now he's back on the practice field today, uh, four months later, when it's normally a six-month-plus recovery. And even he admitted today when they did the hashtag 23 and 23 for his number in the year, that even he said, I didn't think it would be this soon. This is 2023. But he said, I thought we were talking September, right? Um, he's back on the field. And it is amazing to have that news as this team rolls into the, into the playoffs and – I would tell you, Mitch Morse today, he was asked to describe what it was like to have Micah on the field. Just knowing he's not going to play Sunday, McDermott's already said that, but just to have him out there. And he used three words, and they were tangible, palpable, and infectious. I love it, right? I mean, that just shows you the, the, what the spirit is inside that building right now. Sal, uh, speaking of health news in this game, we know that Tua Tungavailoa will not play, so it'll be the uh, Skyler Thompson show, and I think Miami was up against it with Tua, with Skyler. Look, it's the playoffs, and you don't want to take anything for granted here, but this is just a matchup that's tilting heavier in Buffalo's favor as the days go by here. Yeah, I think the line is up to like 13 or 13 and a half now with the news today um, of Skylar Thompson being prepared to start. They are preparing as if Skylar Thompson is going to start. There is still a possibility that Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater starts. Mm. Um, he's going to prepare all week as if he can play, but apparently it's, he has to have zero setbacks whatsoever, and he has to you know, kind of show certain things to be able to play with that dislocated pinky. But as of right now, it is Skylar Thompson, and that is a, a, a massive drop-off from Tua Tungavailoa, honestly. And, you know, Skylar Thompson, give him a lot of credit. He's battled. He's started now. He's played a little bit in the NFL, but – this Miami offense, as much as you know, Waddle and Hill are the guys, right? Hill get get them the ball, but it's Tua getting them the ball, and it's Tua in that rhythmic timing passing game that they have. He's so good at it, Brent. And you know, they're going to lose that. You're not going to have that. And I, what I think is going to happen is, especially with Skylar Thompson, but even with Teddy, who's not that same kind of player, they're going to have to really, really manufacture ways as much as they can to get the ball to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. And I would even say the Bills might even, to me, like this might be a situation the Bills say, look, we'll dare you to throw it deep to them. Like, yeah, we know how, we know what they can do, but we'll dare you, and we're just going to come up and make sure you cannot control the game in any capacity on the ground here. And by the way, that being said, Taron Armstead for them is battling through an injury, and they don't know if he's going to play. And they say he's going to work around the clock to be able to play, but that means this is a long hill battle, an uphill battle. And Raheem Mostert, who... Yep killed the Bills on the ground last game as a broken thumb, which even though McDaniel said I wouldn't put it past him because you know, you're know you going to tell this guy he can't do anything, it is a significant injury. We know that. You discussed this on your show today, Sal. If the Bills make it to the AFC Championship game, there's a possibility that game could be in Atlanta. That seems to be settled upon. This is not official yet, but that seems to be, according to some reports that have come out today, uh, the neutral site that they could play, which I think is an interesting choice. I guess it's based on who they would play there, but that feels like a good in-between if it's Cincinnati or Kansas City. Well, Cincinnati cannot play a neutral site game. It's only Kansas City. Oh, that's right. It's only Kansas City. You're right. Yeah, so so, so what, once everything fell the way it did last week, the only scenario there's a neutral site AFC championship game is if it's Buffalo against Kansas City. That's it. Um, Cincinnati cannot do that. In fact... If Cincinnati wins, the Bills win. They're playing each other next week in Buffalo. That would be the scenario. And then the winner of that game would go to the AFC Championship. 
And if it's Buffalo and Kansas City, it would be a neutral site game. Bob Fesco, who is on 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, does a morning show there. He reported, and we brought him on our station after we reported this, that he has been told that Atlanta is the most likely site of the neutral site game, with New Orleans still as a possibility, by the way. Um, and he, the way he described it was, Chiefs don't want to go east and the Bills don't want to go west. <laughs> and, but so I don't think everybody goes not, south. Not, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So not that the... Not that the league is giving them choices, but, you know, you kind of want to be as accommodating as you can, I guess, but they want an Indy, can't have Indy. There's a volleyball tournament and other stuff going on. They want a Detroit, can't do Detroit. Uh, the turf is being replaced. And then you can't have the teams that are in the mix, like the Minnesota Vikings, for example, that they could wind up playing that weekend. He said Kansas City would like to go to Vegas. The Bills would like to go to Pittsburgh. So, you know, what are you supposed to do, right? I think at that point the league says, well, we're going to do what we can do, and we're going to find a venue, and Atlanta apparently is open and can do it, and it is equidistant between the two cities, even though it's far, the eight to 900 miles each, and it's 12 to 13-hour drive. It is slightly closer to Kansas City, but it's also an a, it's also a place that you can get to very easily, Brent, from both Buffalo and Kansas City. It's a major airport hub. So I'm sure all of that has played into this. Sal, opponents aside, matchups aside, and those are important, but what are the things that the Buffalo Bills have to do to get to the Super Bowl? The things they're doing well, the things they have to clean up, all things considered, just tell me what this team has to do to make the run to the Super Bowl that's been expected since the minute this season started. Yeah, I, look, I mean, I think to go through the teams you might have to go through, it's really going to have to be to be buttoned up in the secondary be healthy, hopefully, Tredavious White, Christian Benford come back from IR, maybe Micah Hyde, and don't allow those teams, Cincinnati and Kansas City, to, you know, even Miami, obviously, with the weapons they have, but to go through the, the gauntlet they're going to have to possibly go through. I think the biggest thing is, you know, to make sure that they're not giving up big plays to big players because that has hurt them this year at times. And the offense has been good enough to outscore, but it's also sputtered at times, and we've seen that. It's been, yeah, the, I shouldn't say it that way. I mean, the offense has still put up some really great numbers this year, but we've seen times where they've been, yeah, just don't seem like they're quite themselves or in sync. And you don't want to put yourself in a position where you have to score every single drive. Um, so I think that that's one thing. The other thing is all this emotion stuff, right? I mean, there's so much emotion going on, and it's been great positive emotion. And I think that there's nobody better, really, the Bills could have in this situation than Sean McDermott, and he's kind of demonstrated that over the years, and especially this year with everything this team has gone through. But, you know, you want to ride that, but you also don't want to be so consumed with it that it takes you away from football. And I don't think that's a danger with this team, but that's kind of been the talk here. It's, oh, it's great and it's great, but there's a game to be played, and you have to be focusing on the details and focusing on game plan and focusing on film and getting ready for it. Sal, thank you for your time today, and thanks for the job that you've done the past couple of weeks. I think you've done some extraordinary reporting uh, under extraordinary circumstances, and I know uh, Bill's Mafia appreciates it out there. And, uh, you know, we've been talking all along. We'll do it again here as, as the playoffs go along. But thanks for your time today, and thanks for what you do, my friend. Anytime for you, buddy. I appreciate you. Thanks. There he goes. The one and only Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. WGR, the Buffalo Bills Radio Network, proud Syracuse alum, as you heard him saying he and Denny have had some interesting fan discussions in the past couple of years. We're all thinking about Denny Kellington and that whole Bills training staff, and uh, it's it's amazing how they haven't turned the page necessarily, but to see that DeMar is back home and, they, and the timing of being able to put their full focus back on football 
is incredible. Miami losing all these players, like just just a lot of things. The stars are aligning in a lot of ways here for the Bills. I'll say that. We will break. We will come back. What happened to the Blue Bloods? And one of the best free throws matter moments you've ever seen. It's all coming up next.